Welcome to the What's Your Story podcast with Hannah and Stephanie. Each episode, we invite a guest to share real stories of real faith and a real God. Through hearing these stories, it is our hope that you will discover how God wants to use your story in His much bigger story. We all have a story. What's your story? We are so glad that you are here. Alrighty, Miss Hannah. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. It's podcast. Ref- pod- <laughs> How's your day? <laughs> podcast recording Friday today. It is. We. Yes. I'm proud of us, though. I yes. mean, I know what your schedule looks like, and I know what mine looks like, and mm-hmm. and we're still doing this for us to be in the same room together. It's at a the big same deal. Time, it's a big deal because we've been. I mean, going solo, um, but the stories are so great, and we've made a commitment to give yeah. our listeners the best quality stories and just show what is God doing in people's lives. And just the other day, it was so funny. I thought about you. I was like a, a lady, you know, that people will often find me and just tell me their stories. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I got to call Steph and tell her. Mm-hmm. So I've made like a, like a note, I jotted it down to call you and tell you the story. But I was like, Oh wait, is that, can we do one more episode? <laughs> like, one more, one episode. more episode. <laughs> yes. Well. It's so good. And I know we're coming in hot, but today so we are really excited to have she, Megan is actually a friend of ours that we wanted to have, have for, on a, for long a, time. a long time, long time, and just have not been able to make it work. So we are so excited to welcome Megan Evans today. Hey, Megan. Hi. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. And it is fun. It is so fun just to sit and chat with friends and right? encourage others along the way. So thank uh-huh. you. Megan yeah. is local too. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. local, love our local, local gals. Carsel. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Tell our listeners kind of, you know, family, hobby. Hobbies, all those kinds of things. Absolutely. Well, number one, I'm just learning more and more to say, number one, I'm a child of God. Yes, um, girl. But I'm also married to Andrew and mom to three kiddos, growing kiddos, two are in college, mm. one finishing up high school in uh, junior year. So that's looking different more and mm-hmm. more. Um, I serve as the women's ministry director at my church and um, writer and new author of the book, Permission to Walk, A 40-Day Journey to Unhurried Peace. Mm-hmm. So there, there's other things that fill those dates on the calendar, but those are my main ones. Yeah. So Megan and I met because we both served together on the Mom Life Board of Directors. Absolutely. And so you guys have heard Mom Life come on. And um, so that was how we kind of got acquainted. And, and actually, I think I reached out to you even before that. Because I saw a lot of the work that you were doing. She has a beautiful Instagram account. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I will compliment you on. Not many things I will compliment you on, but your graphics, just the way that you present things. It's always so pretty. It's so inviting. Yeah. It's, yeah, you're very, very good at that. So all of your things. I think I've always been like a visual and tactile learner. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. somehow that checks a lot of boxes for me, and I learn. Even <laughs> learn like the font. Way. When I get an email from Megan, I'm like, her font's even pretty. Everything's pretty. Awesome. <laughs> Everything's so, so lovely. So, uh, yeah, so we'll be sure to link that account so folks can go check it out for yeah. sure and just so. scroll through. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so are you aren't from here though, right? If I'm, if I'm no, I originally grew up in Arkansas, northwest corner. So Razorback fan at heart, and will be. Um, <laughs> military took us all over the world. Uh-huh. Um, even in Europe for a little while. And then we landed here in Clarksville. So that's where we are. And just stayed. And just kind of stayed. It seemed right. Kids were 
at those ages where we could have the choice not to move, we just chose not to. Yeah. Um, but we loved it. We were also plugged in. That's where our community was. So mm-hmm. have we I'm talked about that talk I was born in Fayetteville? I don't know. Have we know. talked about my dad's an Arkansas grad? So, yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, we'll have we to have talk that more connection about that too. Then. Yeah. Arkansas yeah, so connection. An Arkansas connection. So, so I've never been back. I mean, we moved when I was tiny, <laughs> tiny. And so I've always yeah. said that I would love to, you know, that's that's on our RV radar to go there you all go. the way to Arkansas. Oh, the Ozarks are beautiful. Because I want to go see Fayetteville. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Lots of great places. So there. I know the whole Blue Pig City oh, yeah. nonsense. I will call the hogs <laughs> for you. <laughs> that's awesome that we have that connection. For sure. So Aww. I love it. Yeah. That's neat. Well, tell us, tell us a bit about how you met Jesus. I'd love to hear that story. I love the, it's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's our turning point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would say I was very much just the kid that grew up going to church, but I, I lacked a relationship with Jesus. And so I think I knew a lot of Bible stories and I knew um, the, a lot of religion, but I was... I was your lost church member. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, so I always have a soft spot. I think that's what a, a big part of what led me to women's ministry, too, is knowing that just because you go to church does not mean you right. are a Christian. You you might just be a church attender mm-hmm. <laughs> who lacks relationship with Jesus. And so um, I, I, I would like to say I met Jesus um early 20s in in uh, probably about 1997 and it was my then boyfriend now husband who led me to Christ and oh, that's beautiful had, yeah, yeah he's he's a big big cheerleader but also just a real spiritual mentor to me and um i think we had really had gone to some campus crusade rallies things like that had come to our school and um you know they had asked questions like raise your hand if you know 100% if you would go to heaven and I probably raised my hand, but those questions rattled me. I, mm. at night, falling asleep, I could not reconcile them. Um, and they had been questions I'd probably thought about before. And if I, if I were to say a visual picture of my faith for a long time, I was a puzzle with a missing piece. Mm. I had a lot of things figured out about Christianity, but I lacked relationship. And so it was as simple as Andrew saying, I mean, like, you could do something about that today. Have you just asked Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, your listen. Savior? I mean, he's waiting for us to receive this gift of grace and salvation. And and it was kind of like, huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd just never done that. And the church I went to, was it was wonderful, but I, I'm not sure it really taught the gospel for a personal faith. It, yeah. It didn't teach a lot about relationship. And so, you know, maybe that was just kind of a generational thing, too, but... I was a slow learner, but yeah. I got it that day. You got it. Well, well, I got it that I mean, day. I've never turned back. I think for those of us that have been raised in church, sometimes it can get convoluted, right? Because mm-hmm. we do know all of the rules and regulations and certain dom- denominations. So, I, I mean, I can completely get mm-hmm. what you're saying, that it's like, yeah, like I, like I need that. But like, it is it really that simple? Because what about all these other things? And so mm-hmm. sometimes that can make it even more complicated. Yeah. I didn't know I needed a savior you right. know, until, until much yeah. later. So yeah, the light bulb kind of went on. I think at that point, I just, I just learned how to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, growing up in church, I do I mean to piggyback on what you guys are saying. I think sometimes that message just gets like drowned out. It's background noise. Like you hear it so much that you don't even notice it. Um, I've also found it interesting talking with some people. They'll say what you said, Megan. They'll yeah. say, I never really heard the gospel at church. And 
it just stabs my heart. Mine too. Um, one of the things that we do in women's ministry and events that we do, I, I want to make sure the gospel is always presented, like always presented because you don't know who's been sitting there in the audience and who's never heard it or it's drowned out for years or their church maybe isn't the church that is presenting it. And so I'm just very aware of that. Um, yeah, you just don't know where people are coming from. So I love that you said yes that day. I do too. <laughs> and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a boyfriend who was able yes. to risk that. You know, it's, I think that's hard when we think about our friends and our family and we're like, oh, I don't want to offend anybody, but my goodness, I'm so glad I was offended. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And actually, it was what my soul was craving mm-hmm. and I just kind of mm-hmm. like made sense that day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of a cheesy example, but I've heard it before. Like if you had the cure for cancer, mm-hmm. you, you would not keep it secret. Like you would not. And we have the greatest message right. that everyone needs to hear. And sometimes we feel like, I mean, it would be offensive to walk up to someone and say, I can cure your cancer. But it's like, I have the one who can take care of everything for mm. you. And we keep it to ourselves sometimes. We just had um, a women's event recently and Elizabeth Woodson joined us who, what an amazing Bible teacher. Like the woman brought the word and I was just like, it was so good. But she was at the end of it, she, you know, she presented the gospel and she was talking about how everything in our life has an expiration date. And it just kind of hit a little different in this season of my life now that my kids are getting older. And, I'm, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, there is an expiration date to when my kids are home. There's an expiration date to maybe this problem that I'm going through at work or at home or whatever it is. There's an expiration date to all of our problems, all the things in our life. But there's no expiration date on our relationship with Christ. And and even even our lives, even though we're going to die, we're going to live forever somewhere, mm-hmm. right? And so there's... Either with him or separated that's from right. him. That's right. Oh, my gosh. So this is the absolute best news. And yes, we don't want to diminish problems. And, and yes, we want to work to do justice and love mercy and meet you know the physical needs here on earth. But if we don't deal with the spiritual problem... <laughs> What I mean, goodness, what are we doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like first things first. Let's get let's get your Jesus right. Let's get you following Jesus, and let's you know mm-hmm. put our faith into practice and love God, love others through our words and actions. Absolutely, yeah. So you mentioned women's ministry. So and that you know part of why you kind of stepped into that was because you understood some things. But when and how and did you start being a part of women's ministry? Well, you know, I would say it's it's it was not the. Uh, that wasn't what I was pursuing at the time. Amen, I think it girl. Just funny. Accidentally, mm-hmm. you know, I know it wasn't accidentally. It was baby <laughs> steps, which I'm very much learning to value. Um, but something God has taught me is just we're not called to live, or we are called to live sent, not stagnant. And mm. I think for so long I was just stagnant. Um, and so I would have to say that probably it would have to back up to um, – dropping my kids off one day it in children's ministry and there was no teacher for their classroom. And so it was either take your kids with you or unless one of you wants to teach, you know? And so I looked at my daughter and her eyes were just like pleading. I mean, they loved their <sighs> class and, you know, they didn't want to not go. And, and so it really was just kind of like a mother's heart that day that was yeah. like, okay, fine. I'll, you know, I can do it. Bring the kids in. You know, I had no idea. Didn't want to do it, to be completely honest. (laughs) But it turned into one day and then another day. And then um, my husband ended up teaching with me and we fell in love with it. And Mm. so we ended up teaching children's fifth grade Sunday school for five years. You know, And and then it was out of that. um, 
that really I began to see a need for um, equipping parents to raise disciples. Our mm-hmm. kids were getting older. I had preteens, had a lot of questions. And so I think I literally stumbled into women's ministry, um, just navigating that season alongside other moms. And so I teamed up with some other women and and God just led me to build friendships and ministry and outreach I was terrified, you know, to be in front of people or speak, um, kind of accidentally found a necessity for writing, realized I loved it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there weren't these things would not have happened, but a mother's heart that day was enough for yeah. God to kind of just unlock and just let that seed kind of germinate. And so I think from that point to this point, that's where, I mean, I would say that's how I got into women's ministry, but but I love it. It mm-hmm. feels right. And I think just knowing like you mentioned, Hannah, that there are these people in our church who are searching for mm-hmm, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm that'll always be a soft spot to my heart is just to, you know, minister to our church body. We mm-hmm. need ministry. We outreach absolutely, but I think inreach essential. Mm-hmm. That's a good one too. Me and the women's ministry. I never thought I'd be <laughs> I'd be in that either. Um and what I have found is I have such a desire for women to be in the word, like to read it, to eat it, to study it, and then live it out, um, which will flow into their their lives and the way that they mother and their relationships and and all of that. Um, but I have found that women, many, and, and we're getting we're getting there, but many just felt very intimidated about studying the Bible. Um, and I've got some theories on all that, which you know we can. We, we do not need to get into all that, but, um, what I'm finding is it, it's slow. I'm slowly getting, getting the women to study it, dig in. And we've been reading through the Bible with our group on Wednesday nights. Um, and we will finish. And some of these women have been followers of Jesus for years and they've never read the Bible like all the way through. And they were always like, we, we weren't sure how or how to study it. And so it's been beautiful to walk with them through that journey. But what, that's a need that I see for women. Like I'm so passionate about it um, that we're in this together, that women's ministry is vital and necessary, that they are called and commissioned by God. Um, They are made in God's image and we are part of that. It's necessary for the, you know, kingdom advancement. What would you say in women's ministry that you have seen a need for that you're working on specifically? Like, what do you think? Yeah, I would definitely echo what you said about just, you know, our, our scripture and knowing our Bible, just learning. I Mm -hmm. mean, but I think, too like it's a lifeline like mm-hmm. so exactly what you're saying and so if we if we are a child of god which i would say was a huge i think it's just a weight off when we right. start to think well i'm not a super mom i'm a child of god who happens to be a mom you know if yes. we kind of reframe that through everything through christ it becomes this this incredible wellspring that we have to dip into in any capacity and so um, that would be an additional hope there to add just exactly to what you said. Um, just that's our lifeline. So mm-hmm. we have help and we have God's power and his strength and discernment, you know, through the Holy Spirit. And so, um, I think, yeah, just yeah. helping and just coming alongside. I'm certainly still learning all mm-hmm. of this, but just to come alongside ladies and, and realize, okay, but we don't have to do this alone. You know, right. like mm-hmm. what does God say? Let's, let's learn who he is and then understand who we are in him. Yes. It's just life changing. Um, so that would be my hope. I think it's just for women to understand, you know, 
what does Jesus want for us and with us? Right. I want to take it a step back up a step further for, you know, for our listeners and it, and even for my benefit, you know, when you guys talk about women's ministry, how are you defining when women's ministry? Like, what does that even mm. mean? If you're not in, you know, if you're not in a local body that has a women's ministry or you've never been around it, how would you guys define what that is? That's a really good question. And it's definitely, it is. Um, you know, I think the easy answer is, oh, well, you, you have that role at your church, but I, for me, it kind of, I came in through so much other ministry mm-hmm. landing lastly on that role, serving through my church more intentionally. But, um, I mean, in, in a sense as women, we are all women's ministers. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> yes. that's kind of where I was going with yeah. that is that, you know, and we've talked about that many times on our podcast, like you don't have to have a title that's right. from someone at a church to have a ministry. Like there are so many ways to have a ministry. Yes. And so that would be, you know, my hope. And I know both of your hearts and I know you agree like to encourage women to whatever their spiritual gifts are or whatever God has gifted them to do, whatever their heart is, their passion, you know, yes. even what season of life you're in, like your ministry can change based on where God has you and what mm-hmm. he's got going on around you. I mean, would y'all agree? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, f- my head goes to automatically, I have such a, a desire for the old to be with the young and the young and the old, all different ages. And so when I think of women's ministry, I'm really thinking of, um, I mean, so many things, but I'm thinking, how do we get girls, females, all at, like I don't know, in community, growing in relationship, growing together in Christ, and then putting their faith into action, like you were saying, wherever they're at, like wherever they're at, working, stay at home, at school, like how do you live out your faith? And with women, I mean, we can speak to one another in ways that guys can't speak to us. We have different different needs, different, I mean, obviously so many different differences, right? Mm -hmm. But it's as women coming together to follow Jesus, to live it out, wherever we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been listening a lot lately um, for whatever reason on my radar about the great commission, mm-hmm. right? Like what are we called to do? And as, <clears throat> excuse me, as women, we're called to go yes. and to teach, to yeah. disciple, to baptize, to baptize, right? Like, you know, all of those things. And so all of us are, and That's so we right. don't necessarily need that title or someone to say, yes, you have my permission to do this. Like right. Jesus, gave Jesus us said that it. permission. Mm-hmm. In Matthew. So we have permission to do that. So yeah, Absolutely. we are all women's ministers and men's ministers and children's right. ministers and all yeah, of those we things. Are. We are all called to be ministers um, mm-hmm. because we do touch each other. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So you have, you started blogging, um, Unhurry My Heart. And as we're talking about ministry and living it out, this is one way that you were living out your faith is this blog. And can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I'll start with the name of it. Um, Unhurry itself is not grammatically correct. It is not a word. I think it's very Kentucky. I love it. I know. But it was a prayer. And I really just got to that point where like, okay, well, so if I'm stuck in rush and distraction and hurry, then I want to do the opposite. And so that's where that prefix un came from. And I just thought, you know, Lord, unhurry my heart. Like, teach me how to take off this hurry um, and live clothed in your righteousness and in your way and in your pace, Jesus. Um, and I didn't have any idea where I would go with that writing or just, I had dabbled in it. Um, but a a blog just kind of seemed like a good place to put it at the Mm -hmm. time. And I had kind of been 
learning a little bit more about writing and I had heard, you know, to, to start writing, the best way to learn to write is to just start writing. And so I thought, well, it's got to go somewhere. And, um, I learned how to make a, a blog and, um, just, I started writing. And so it, it really was my prayer. It was also just, um, kind of a, a, a practice place, mm-hmm. but I found that I really liked it. And it was, um, I think, it helped me see that writing could be also encouraging and ministering to others, just carrying out yes. what we just talked about. And, um, and you know, I, I, growing girls, I mean, I have a son also, but just to see um, the need for encouragement in, in mm-hmm. teenage girls, college age girls, it just seemed like words aren't really age. You know, sometimes they're geared towards generations or, or age points, but in general, God's word is just mm-hmm. ageless. And so it, it allowed me to see, well, these words matter. And so, um, I remember one time I, I purchased a typewriter actually because I needed like a visual reminder in my mind that, that we're going to do this, Lord. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, it was going to be his way. And if I said yes to him to further this writing, seed that was growing, I had to learn and remember visually every time I walked into my office, his way, not mine. Wow. <laughs> and I even think about a typewriter slows you down, right? Like, right. like if you <laughs> compare that to you. a computer, like, <laughs> so it, you know, it, it, that's, that's a slower way to accomplish what you were accomplishing. And so yeah, I love that visual. It's like, okay, we're, we're, we're going to do this old school. <laughs> it was. We're going to get the whiteout out. We're going to white out some things. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I goodness. didn't even write with it. I just saw it. You yeah. know, it was just kind of a visual reminder. But yeah, I can't imagine. I right. do remember typing on a typewriter. Oh, right. my gosh. There's nothing easy no, or quick about for that. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Unhurry My Heart then turned into or led to, led to, is that more appropriate permission to walk? It did. I think I've always kind of stayed within this genre of just God's pace versus myself, probably because I needed it. It was Mm -hmm. where I was learning, and it's also where I was just starving. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted time with God, but I somehow felt like I couldn't get there, which I now know it really was my own obstacles. Um, But I think learning to unhurry my heart, because I realized it's not my calendar so much. It's not the exterior things. It starts with my heart is mm-hmm. really what has to unhurry. And I, I think of it like this. I could, I think we could be bed bound and still find ourselves hurried. You mm-hmm. know, our mind never stops. Yeah. We, our emotions never stop. So just living spun up and in our own thoughts and world, you know, keeps us hurried. Because I would say, I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you, but I'm thinking about your spirit being in your presence. She's very calming. She is. Aww. You're very calming. Yes. You're very genteel. And I'm like, so as I hear you talk about this, like it would not strike me that that would be something that you would struggle with. But what I hear you saying is interior on the inside, on, the inside. on what you can't see, the part that you can't see, you were struggling with that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would say unashamed. I, I am type A. Like I, I do like to get things done and I like to move at a pace very efficient. Yeah. <laughs> I struggle with that. So um, I think that's just, you know, I realized, well, that's how I'm made on the best. It probably does speak that I have, you know, I can, I have gifts of administration. I have mm-hmm. gifts of, you know, right. these things can be good, but it can also be my, my 
Greatest worst weakness. enemy, yeah. you know, my yeah. greatest weakness. So Ugh. I think, you know, keeping me from the very thing I need, which was the Lord and time with Him and just learning to trust, you know, it wasn't, well, how can I make that move faster, but how can I slow down and trust the Lord? Or how can I appreciate the step that I'm at in order to get to wherever I feel like He's calling mm-hmm. me to go? Mm-hmm. Um, things like that, for sure. And it, and I think, too, in our world of comparison, for me, I, you know, as a wife and mom, two of my favorite roles, you know, in my mind, it was like super mom and super wife. And so what does that look like? Because I want to do it even to better. the best. Right, you know, right. I want to be the best. Yes. And so, you know, just I think letting the Lord kind of t- gradually let those scales fall off of me and learn my role as a child of God who happens to be married, who happens to have children, who happens to, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. it, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, that was just life changing. So thank you for saying that about me. I, I have heard that before that yes. I think I'd just soft spoken to and, um, but yeah, on the inside, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's that constant battle of flesh to yeah. just mm. do all the stuff and then God, you're next promise you're next. Okay. Well then tomorrow for mm-hmm. sure. And I was just done with that. I was just hungry, thirsty and realizing I'm missing the best part mm-hmm. of life with you. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to the verse where we, where it talks about that, you know, God sees the heart man sees. So we could sit on the outside and say, Megan, you don't struggle with that. You're fine. Mm-hmm. And yet <clears throat> the Lord was convicting you about it. Absolutely. Because you know from the inside out, from your heart place, that you were. So what I keep hearing you say is you've got to come back to a center. You've mm-hmm. got to come back to a center. Like it all starts with, I'm a child of God. Absolutely. God is my Savior. God is my center. God is my stability. All of those mm-hmm. things. And so as you're writing Permission to Walk, and I know both of you guys being authors and me dabbling in that a little bit. Carl, you're an author. <laughs> your book. I know. <laughs> like you're an author. Uh, that's that not, wonderful. that's not a slow, that's sometimes that can be a very hurried process. It can be a lot of stress, at least in my situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so how are you or how did you Megan, as you're really writing these devotionals, how did you keep that from becoming a source of the very thing that you were trying to keep from happening? It is, it, it was a I think it still is a constant battle because it's a, it feels like a race. It does. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much of life does. I would throw writing a book right in the category. There's with so just many deadlines and yeah, yes. hustle and bustle and mm-hmm. get it out there. And yes. Yeah. And comparison, you know, you see what everyone else is doing. You see even deadlines or timelines and, you know, they go and they come and they go and you just, you want things to go a certain way, but it just, you had, there's a lot of surrender that goes. I'm learning with writing a book. I know y'all would agree. Um, but I think f- for me, um, I felt so ill-equipped and just unqualified to write a book that I think it started with, okay, then if like, if you want me to do this, Lord, it has to be your way. Cause I just, I don't even want to necessarily do this. I'm just, I think that's the introvert in me felt very vulnerable. Like I was about to turn my flesh inside out mm. and live it in front of the world. And I'd much rather be, um, I do have a drive, but I'd much rather be the number two person mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of behind pleaser? the scenes. Are, are you a people pleaser? Yes. I mm. think I'm 
Hannah and I cannot nine. relate to that at all. The, the nine on the Enneagram. I You're a nine. You were about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. With a little one in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I think you've got some one from what I'm hearing for sure. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> so I think trusting the Lord in that, I, I came from a place of surrender, but keeping it there was really, was challenging for sure. Um, I learned quickly I had to anchor in scripture. There were two verses. Um that really were helpful to me. The first being um, Psalm 96, three, it says, publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. And I thought, okay, well, I don't know necessarily about the publishing part, but I know I want to declare who you are, Lord, um, to the world around me. And so I'm just going to trust whatever that looks like that we will do. And um, the second being Psalm 144, 1, it says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for battle and my fingers for warfare. And so I thought, okay, then we're going to do this. And, and you know, you are my sword and my shield, and I'm your vessel. And so from there, I just put my yes on the table. And I, I you know, there was a good year I fought that and ignored it, tried to walk away from it. But once I did, it was, all right, let's do this. And I wish I could say I'm surprised, but this is who God is. And so the doors just kept flying open mm-hmm. and the dots were connecting. And all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, from about two years from concept to print, you know, I had a book. And so now I just see it as, let me share what I've learned. And that's just really another word for our testimony. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. It happens yeah. to be in print. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I want to hear from both of you about this because you are both again, um, published authors, speakers doing the thing. So when I think about the balance, like you said, doors were flying open, um, in God's time, it felt really good. What's the balance between when you feel like God has called you to something to not just sitting down and waiting for, you know, the burning bush to occur, mm but also not forcing things to happen so that it becomes your own. Like what wisdom do you guys have about, because I mean, obviously there are deadlines, there are things there's person. It's not a sit down and just, you know, the Lord's going to literally take your pen and write it for you. Right. But at the same time you want to surrender and you want to be sure that it's God's timing and God's plan and God's will. So what, what would you guys say to folks that are like, okay, I feel like God's called me to do something, but like what move do I make? Do I wait? Like, how do I not yeah. hurry? How do I not hurry not this? Right. Hmm. Do you want to go first? I, guess, I mean, there's so many ways that I would answer this. Um, when you feel God has called you to something, the first thing would just be like, all right, I don't know what you're saying, but I know I need to move. And so give me a direction. And I just remember waiting for that direction. Um, I was reading books for people. and um, I had a little blog, I was book reviewing and just thought, I'm going to reach out to this new author and see what advice she has. And so that was, that was my first step was what if reaching out and saying, what, what, what do you have? And then she was like, develop your craft and go to a conference that's, you know, and so that's what I did next. And then it it was, it was just continuing to write. So I, I just really think it's do the next thing. And even if it's, I don't know, even if it's wrong, God's going to stop, like trust his direction in that. And then persevere. Like I never, 
it's been slow. I've been doing this for 10 years, a decade of my life, which is, and honestly more. So in 2010 is when I, I guess, picked it back up. Um, so over, it's just saying, what do you have for me next? What do you have for me next? And then just do it. And so it's taking, it's taken 10 years, several books this will be my seventh book to build up any type of, I don't, I don't even know what you would call it more of a, more of a following or more of an audience or whatever it is. But even if I didn't get picked up by Lifeway or I would just still keep going because he hasn't told me to stop. Mm-hmm. And it's very much like it's in you. It is just in me. It, it has to come out. It just does. Mm-hmm. So it looks like right now I'm writing, but that also is very much like, oh, you're in vocational ministry right now. I'm very aware that it could be something different later, but this is the door that he opened and I'm just going to go through it. And I ask him, please shut doors if you don't want me to do this. Mm-hmm. And then I trust it. But the worst thing I think we can do is be frozen with fear or uncertainty. Just move mm-hmm. and trust he's going to guide you. I love that. What about you, Megan? I love that. I would echo so much of that. Um, one thing I remember just reading even about Noah. I mean, eventually he picked up a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, and so I thought I found myself praying about this book so much that eventually I kind of thought, so we're not going to pray it into existence. Right. Like, that's, I mean, God gives us responsibility and wisdom. And so waking up one day and seeing a book in front of me is just not how God probably wants this to happen. Kitty, sure, but Could, yeah, to, you yeah. know, what is he teaching me here and leading me to do? And so obedience became my um place to focus there. Um, and so I just kind of like you were saying, like you just do the very next thing. There's so much I didn't know how to do. So I started, for example, with the blog, you know, just mm-hmm. little I was just building those little footsteps that, you know, that little baby steps and um, saying yes to teaching saying, Sunday school. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Even if we that's part of that journey you know, wholeheartedly like, I'm going to serve, you know, it was just, but it was kind of like, okay, but I don't know how that, but I'll do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And they were, they were faith steps, courageous faith steps. I now can see that and value that looking back. Um, I think too, it was just realizing, yes, there's a way that the world says this looks and, and on paper, I didn't have any of it, but God doesn't need that. You mm-hmm. know, think about the stories in the Bible where he took away army, you know, yeah. he took, mm-hmm. he took down the size of things so that his glory would be on display. And, and I think that's my story is just, you know, I chose Jesus over the algorithm, but okay. he published a book, you yeah. know, in yeah. spite of it. Right. And, uh, there was a publishing house I went with Arable publishing and, you know, they, that was my answer to prayer. But it also become to the point, and I heard you touch on this, Hannah, just the joy. I was willing to write this book, whether it, it made it into traditional publishing or not. Maybe it would just stay in a journal. I right. don't know. But the joy was there, and my obedience in serving the Lord was there. And so I think when I got to that point, it, it all the other stuff kind of took mm-hmm. the backseat because I realized um, – we're going to do this anyway. I don't really need the world to tell me I can or can't. I had permission to do it. I started to see that title pop up really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Just as God kept telling me, you don't need the world's permission to do Mm -hmm. that. And so even though, you know, maybe 
on paper, I would need A, B, and C. God was saying really and truly, like, you don't. If mm-hmm. this is something I'm doing, then just trust me. So, um, and so I did. And I think, you know, I'm still learning. Absolutely still learning. <laughs> you probably are too. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> it's gosh. Just, you know, whew. but um, but it's a joy. It's a joy there when we do it his way. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And I do love the title. So talk about that. Where did that title come from? And, you know, what what was your, uh, you've talked about in your own life that, that a lot of a lot of times, I think, at least in my situation, we write to ourselves, yes. right? So it's like, this is what I need right yes. now. So I'm assuming there's someone out there that may need the same thing. Was that kind of where this was coming from? And, you it know. It absolutely was. I, um, I think when I just thought about, like, what does my heart look like? I felt very much like I was stuck in a, ru- a race and I wanted to slow down, but I thought, um, I will be run over or I will never get back in the race, you know? So again, these things, these super mom, these super wife, whatever role it was, you know, I wanted to be the best, but that comes with such high expectations. And so I thought, well, does it mean like I have to not be a good mom or not be a good wife? If I slow down and try these things, Jesus way or his pace. Um, and so it was intimidating and I thought, I just, I don't even know how to stop. But, um, you know, I, I think what I've learned is that the world may push us to run, but Jesus will free us to walk. And so mm-hmm. it is a place of unhurried peace that he calls us to his peace. And I think I had gotten to that point where I thought, okay, I see this in the Bible. I see you telling me, you know, that come to me, all you who are wearied and burdened. That was a big, uh, one of my favorite verses, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you say that, Lord, it's got to be possible. Mm -hmm. And that's truly where it came from was learning we have permission Mm -hmm. to walk his pace. We have permission to stop looking at what the world is telling us to do and how to do it and that that's successful. And instead we get to step out of that race. Um, my book, I organized it in laps. And so the first lap of the book starts there. We are like trapped. We can't get out. It's, we are weary. We are tired. We crave his something, even if we don't know what it is yet. And then we gradually step out of that race and we leave with unhurried peace by the end, that's where we finish instead of like a faster pace that mm-hmm. leads us to the end mm-hmm. where we've won this. We've actually won by stepping out of the race. Mm-hmm. So learning to walk with him. Yeah. So that. learning to walk rather than run. Like that's yeah. what I hear. But then also permission to walk is permission to take that step, it like is. to do the thing. Like, mm-hmm. and, and so both, both can be true. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we have busy seasons. I mean, Jesus himself was very busy. Mm -hmm. When you look at it, just the definition of the word, having a lot to do, but he did so making time to meet with the Father and and listening and loving people. But it comes with, he knew who he was first Mm -hmm. and foremost and stayed on mission and stayed with the purpose of of serving, you know, his role as son of mm-hmm. God. Um, so I think it, it, that became my mission as well to know that, yeah, I see what, where the world's leaning or, you know, the things that might be, um, acceptable, you know, in the world's eyes, but 
I have permission to do that a little differently if that's the way the Lord's calling me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we're so free, so free in that to, to just know that, you know, even to say yes to something new on my calendar, we just ask God about it. You know, yeah. he will tell us it's that discernment yeah. we know we have promised through the Holy Spirit, anything that we do. Mm-hmm. I remember years and years and years ago, um, talking about and you know things are even crazier now than they were then but how the enemy can use our schedules how the enemy can use hurry to Mm -hmm. steal our joy like to make us feel like we're missing out on something or the comparison piece and um i'll never forget reading i'm pretty sure it was right at the beginning of covid um john mark comer wrote the ruthless elimination of hurry and in that book he talks about how love can never be hurried and i had never thought of it in that concept love comes with time and it builds slowly and sure there's love at first sight but true love develops and you know the love of jesus like none of none of our love can ever be hurried so um you know as you worked on this megan what were some other ways that you saw the enemy like stealing joy from from folks through the hurry um i this brings me back to where i really struggled that it took me a while but to really call hurry sin and really, when I looked at that, it was, you know, I was this rushing and this distraction. My eyes were off of God. That's the sin part that I was struggling with. And so um, the enemy does. He wants to distract us and he wants to cause us to doubt and lead us to disobey. Um, and so we can train ourselves, you know, to recognize that with God's help and just see that, that's truly where I was. I would call it a stronghold of distraction. My mm-hmm. mind was so focused on everything else that I thought I needed to be. Um, I was really missing on who God was calling me to be, which was mm-hmm. that child of God. Is that how you would define hurry? A stronghold of, def- how would you, how would you define hurry? Yeah, absolutely. So hurry, I mean, I think, you know, our, it's that rushing. It's not yeah. so much the busyness piece. I think I, I can value distinguishing the, we do have a lot of things to do. There are seasons in life where if you have a newborn, for example, I right. mean, it just, mm-hmm. we can't set aside our responsibility, but Jesus didn't set aside his responsibility. Mm-hmm. He put the father first. Mm-hmm. And so I have to do that too. And so even just learning that five minutes nourished in his word is yeah. spending mm-hmm. time with him. I wish I could go back and tell my newborn baby motherhood self that right, that's that. still mm-hmm. spending time with God. I have kids out of the house now. I, I value a little more time in the in the Word. But the hurry, it's just this rushing mentality that we have that even if, if you, maybe if you talk with other women too, you would agree just, you know, what are you up to today? Well, it's this and this and this and this and this and this yeah. and this. Yeah. And somehow we wear nothing gets your full attention. Like that's what I'm thinking about. (laughs) Nothing gets your full attention, right? Because everything you're doing it as quickly as you can, just Mm -hmm. to say I've gotten that done or marking that off. Or or I'm even thinking of, you know, I'm someone that tends to run late from time to time, (laughs) and so I'm thinking about that hurried feeling of you're trying to do something in less time than it actually is going to take. Yes. So it's multitasking, getting ahead of what the Lord wants in your life, or Mm -hmm. not giving it its full do or mm-hmm. I, I can't think of the word I'm like you know not giving not giving it everything that you have because you're trying to kind of cut corners all the time mm-hmm. is that yes. is that it and our time with God does not multitask well you know no. there's no. something about our spirit we we were meant to commune with our our God and so you know that is such a privilege that we get to talk with God 
universe, Absolutely. maker mm-hmm. of heaven and earth. And our, you know, he created us. He knows us inside and out and he wants to spend time with us. Mm-hmm. And yet we can think of a thousand things we do before that, you know, right. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it was convicting to me. Um, but it also just the world we live in, it's more challenging today. And it so, is. you know, I, I write about this a little bit in my introduction, but you know, if I have time set aside to meet with the Lord first thing in my day, but I mean, my phone is going off. There's group chats already starting up. You know, I'm late for an appointment. I, you know, all this, everything is beeping and pinging and all the mm-hmm. reminders. And it's not even nine o'clock in the morning yet. You know, like it's just kind of how we start. So then I'm just like, Lord, I'm sorry, you know, but, but why not? set the phone aside. Everything truly can wait. Yeah. Most of everything, you know, I'm and it will again, wait. Like, I know mm-hmm. with babies and things like yeah, that. Yeah. That, right. You know, right. Not, oh, obviously we have to use common sense here, but most of what we are struggling with, I think is choice. I mean, I just to know that I don't have to check my email first thing in the morning. I could meet with the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's a choice. Mm-hmm. I have permission to do that. Uh, was just life-changing for me. And I've chosen to, I mean, again, I battle Flesh comes first, and I'll still grab my phone, but then I'll think, you Wait have a second. choice here. Yeah, you have permission right. to set that down and go, you know, until and you go meet, meet with the Lord me. first. Mm-hmm. I have a choice whether I'm like heating coffee up, you know, or waiting on the microwave. I don't have to have my phone in my hand, or, you know, I can just look out the window, reflect on my day, and just breathe. I mean, I, these are things we can do, and we just forget. We've we're losing the art of waiting. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and not realizing too, I'm, I'm working, I'm actually working on my on purpose event for 2024 and time. And like, we don't realize that we have to budget our time just like we do our money. Yes. We cannot make more time. We can't buy more time. We can't create more time. Yeah. And yet we don't realize the resource that it is. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's always a choice. Like you're always making a choice. And so we're, we're constantly trying to, put more things on the calendar than is are humanly possible to mm-hmm. do. And we've got to take that step back and say, okay, hey, what's realistic? And then what, what are my priorities? Right? So if, right. If, if spending time with the Lord is a priority, then it's got to go in a block of time somewhere before things that are lower priorities does, right. or it will not happen. Like it's, you know, it sounds so simple, but right. But and yet it's so think, complicated. Yeah. Yeah, the, absolutely. the little steps that you can say, like, you know, practical tools, what can I do to make sure that I am putting God first? Like, what does that look like? And, and it is like, for me, I'm like, this is what I'm doing in the morning. This is the time that I'm waking up. And I don't care if I'm grumpy at the table, I'm going to tell God that too. Um, and trusting he's going to meet me there. Right. Mm-hmm. It's also little things like little reminders throughout the day. Like I literally have set my phone to different times to be like, stop and pray. And it's just, Oh, uh, it's just a practical step. And some days I'm on the go and I'm like, Oh, I missed it. But it's still I'm helping to train myself to get into that rhythm of stop, pause, reflect. And it reminds me of a dancer or I used to watch I figure skating. I loved watching that growing up. And when they're spinning, they train the dancers, um, the ice skater, figure skaters to like focus on a point, mm-hmm. right to keep them from losing their balance. And so they have a point that they're staring at. And that's what this reminds me of is I have some, I'm staring at Jesus. I'm staring at Jesus, like everything around me spinning, but I've, I'm locking my eyes on him and they, they hold on to that point. And that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. I relate to that because that uh, ballet was so much of my childhood. Did you have a point that and you focused on? I did or I fell. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's very real. Thank mm-hmm. you for saying that. Um, I love to learn things like that. Um, you also use the word train and I think that's, 
you know, that's very purposeful too. It is. It's mm-hmm. intentional. Think, you know, we're not going to just accidentally, I think it was Jen um, Wilkin who said that re- in, a, in one of her books that we were not going to accidentally find ourselves, you know, right. imitating Christ. No. Like mm-hmm. it's just not, it's very intentional seeking mm-hmm. God. And so um, I think that's, you know, that is what we have a choice to do. And one thing that comes to mind that, that has helped me greatly is just starting the day with, Good morning, Lord. Like, I love you. This is the day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad. And and just choosing to make him first, I've already spent time with him mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. while I'm still in bed, you mm-hmm. know, trying right. to wake up and get out of bed. Um, and I think, you know, that would have we can do that regardless whether we're rushing to help a sick child or yeah. something, you know, because we have our best laid plans sometimes still absolutely. <laughs> I mean, right. that's just life. It's yes. gonna look crazy. And it's, and it's yeah. okay. It is okay. It's okay. okay because that's the other thing with personalities like ours is yeah. it can become so legalistic Absolutely. that it's like you know getting our workout in or we feel it's a checklist. Yes, it's something yeah. we check off of our to do list, and yeah. you know I've been guilty of that too, like not showing up at all and yet showing up. Right, <laughs> it beca- it kind of feels like a weight instead of freedom that God is wanting to give us and. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I can totally agree agree with that. It does. It starts to feel kind of just like a checklist mentality. Um, and I think that's one thing I have learned is just it's a get to, not a have to mm-hmm. spend time with the Lord. And um, one other just look, I just love practical things. So I'm still learning. But as we seek the Lord, He will show us these yes. wonderful practical mm-hmm. things. He says we'll find Him. He does. Mm-hmm. Um, he also led me to create a, what I call a prayer basket. I just keep my stuff in a basket so that when life comes crashing in and I maybe find myself in the car, I can even pick it up. And, you know, if, I, if it's in the car sitting there with him while I'm picking up my kids or taking, yeah. you know, I still have that opportunity or a different room, you know, maybe my, where I prefer to meet with him doesn't work out because there's new people in that room that were right. supposed to be there at that time of day, but I can pick up my basket. Everything's all there. And I just, you know, so yeah. little things like that. I okay. I got to know now what's in your prayer basket. I got to know what's, <laughs> what's in it. I'm, I'm going to have to make one. I have like a little bucket of just stuff beside my table. But it's what, probably very similar. What's going on girl. What's in your prayer basket. Um, honestly, it was, I think when I started wanting to become more intentional about spending time with God, it was, I would wake up, I would be sleepy. I'd have to go find all the things and not make any noise, you know, if I wanted time by myself before the <laughs> and family. And then your time's up. And, <laughs> and it takes yeah. all that time to get it, you know, and I'm like, I'm cold, darn, I need socks. Gotta have chapstick. I mean, you just, all these things that, you know, come flying through your brain. So I put them in the basket. I love They're it. They're all there right now. So you've got socks. I've got socks. Chapstick. I've got chapstick. A blanket. I've got a blanket. you got your Bible. Bible. A notebook or paper, mm, some pens. Pens, all the stuff. I'm going to have to add chapstick and socks to <laughs> to my little bucket that's that's so much fun yeah well and it it came from i read this book the power of habit and it was it was talking about running it was like well if you want to build this condition yourself to go running in the morning put your shoes by your bed i mean Mm -hmm. i just remember thinking Mm -hmm. "Hmm, Mm -hmm. well what am i trying to learn to do you know and right that's true yep and atomic habits james clear talks about the very same thing you want to make it as easy as possible for yourself to develop a good habit and so that's what that is so, so that awesome. it cracks me up. I know we're running out of time. So I do boot camp with uh, Shelly Scott at the Feminine Life Center on Mondays and Wednesdays. And there are some days I'm like, I just want to go. I don't want to go. And so I will sleep in my yoga pants. That's <laughs> so that it. Just get up, so get that I car. get up. 
love it. We need that. We do. These practical little things. So if you want to get in the word more, put stuff in a basket, facade, wherever Mm -hmm. you're going and get Mm -hmm. in it, girls. For sure. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else? Yeah. What, yep. We're about out of time. Wow. There's so much I know. More we could talk about. So, we what, this every are, time. is there anything else, Megan, you wanted to say that we did not give you an opportunity to say or I, any encouragement you wanted to? Gosh, encouragement. I just, I'll offer one other little thing. Um, so, through my website, unhurrymyheart.com, one thing I love to, to do is encourage um, women monthly. And I send out a newsletter e- by email. And, I, and it's, it's beautiful and aw, it's fabulous. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I purposely do it on the 15th of every month because I feel like that is mid-month. Things are starting to slide. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, girls. <laughs> so for me, I need it. And then I, um, I just it brings me joy to think maybe there's others that are out there just like me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I send that out mm-hmm. with tips. It focuses on ways we can unhurry our heart, finding God in our busy day. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I will say, is you know, we get so many emails. I get so many emails. Mm-hmm. But that is one that I actually look forward to getting and Aww. look for and de-read. From you know, front to back, every single I'm time. I'm going to sign so up now. It's one that's worth it. It's okay. do not delete it. Open it. Look at it. You know, and I love you know. You always feature someone that's doing yes. something, and mm. it's just yeah, it's a great, it's a great newsletter. So you do a good job with that. Thank you, thank so, you. for sure. So well, thank you so much for being our guest. We'll Thanks link all having. these things. Permission to walk yeah. your book. They can get through Amazon. They can order off of your website too, right? Um, I have links through, yeah, for okay. Barn, Barnes and Noble, okay. Books a Million, and Amazon. And so. then so unhurrymyheart.com where they can go and read your blogs Absolutely. and get more acquainted with you. And then you do speaking as well. So I do. Yeah. yeah. She's a, it's a joy. To, any Jill opportunities. Jill of all trades. <laughs> yeah. I'm learning just to say yes more and more. So, yeah. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks for being our friend. Yes. Thank you. We love what you're doing. I love it. Thank you.